trying to wrap. I'm, I'm really trying to wrap my head around it. Um, what is the what is the thing that's not effective about cause and causes? anything about causes but doesn't it give you some like it can give you some insight into the situation if you know the cause you can't do anything about it but you can get some insight into why you know yeah so 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 that doesn't that doesn't help to change anything because I'm, I'm thinking like okay you, know, you so see you see let's let's go back to the thing that i've said to you many times See, once the person decides they really want to grow up and wake up and upgrade their way of seeing, then looking at the causes can be helpful. But until that time, it just becomes an exercise in futility because the person will either blame himself or blame somebody else or or feel sorry for himself. See, so you, you can I'm, think, I'm thinking like somebody. I'm thinking like somebody growing up in the hood. And you know he's he's t his 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 mom's was was a crack mother. You know he grew up a crack baby, and you know he sells drugs. Wait, wait a minute! Wait wait what? wait 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 wait. What did I just say? You're saying that until he decides he wants to wake up and grow up and stuff, it's not going to be effective to know the causes. Yeah, it would be helpful. I mean, it would be interesting information. You see, it's uh, see you're a perfect example of that. See, once you became interested in understanding uh, ways of thinking and double-minded and interpersonal and transpersonal, once you began to understand that, then it, then it could be helpful to look at the causes. Yeah, well, I think it would have been helpful if we looked at the causes from the very beginning. Uh, and you know, I think I, you know, I think everybody's well, always... You know. yeah, yeah, you can think that. That's fine. I can't argue with that. Well... I think I think what's very clear what causes in my situation is if you're you know the, the rabbis talk about it, it's very important to have your dad's blessing and I feel like it was you know too quickly too hastily trying to make me independent without my dad's blessing and you know it just wasn't helpful and and the shoot away and all that stuff that was just you know it, it, it's very it's very important that a dad be mature and not stubborn and, and kid, children who have their dads not give their, give their blessings they, they suffer from that they suffer from that you know it, it's it's very it's very harmful and most of the, most of the people in most I of the totally people, yeah, agree with that. yeah. Most of the people in jail are people whose dads, you know, left them, or you know, who didn't have dads who helped them and stuff. Most of the people Ryan, in jail. Ryan, Ryan, what? Ryan, I totally, I totally agree with that. Totally. Yeah, and and but you know, because if you if you try to like negate the person's blessings, because what? What are you answer? It's not a matter of negating the person or negating the causes or 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 blaming the victim. It's it, those those causes are very very unfortunate. You know, the, the shoot away was very very unfortunate. There's no doubt about that. And I never did. I never denied that. I never debated that. Well, you did. You just you didn't believe it was the case when I told you in Kauai and stuff. No, it's okay. I didn't. No, I didn't. You did. I wrote about it. It's fine. You don't have to believe that, but it's fine. You said it was because I was playing against bigger, better black players and stuff. You, you you might not remember that, but it's okay. It doesn't matter. Yeah, that's right. You see, causes don't matter. If I, if I did if I did screw up, it, that you know it doesn't help to know that or admit that or blame that or or use that or whatever. It doesn't help. 
that's what I well, say because, well, no, it, but it does help because, you know, what I wanted was, you know, all you guys had to do was look at the videos with okay, me. Okay, all right, all yeah. right, so, all right, so, so you believe it does help. I'm saying I believe it doesn't. Mm -hmm. So, let's just settle, let's so, just So, what about, like, but I'm just thinking, like, a kid, a kid, uh, you know, if you tell a kid, like, the causes don't matter, then, you know, a, guy, a kid growing up in the ghetto, he's been, you know, his mom was a crack mother and I, stuff. I never, I would never say, I would never say the causes don't matter. I never say that. Yeah, but I would feel like it would be so important to look at the causes because otherwise then you're just going to blame, say, okay, it's okay, just biological. all right. So, 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 all right. So, so you have that point of view. That's fine. Well, well what, I'm, what I'm asking There's is, isn't, isn't it important to look at the environment as opposed to, like, the biology? Because if you say the causes don't matter, then is, then aren't you negating the environment? Isn't the environment so important? In, in the effects of somebody, and if you say that the causes don't matter, the causes totally. equal the environment, that's, right? Totally, totally. That's the water in which you float your boat. Totally. So, that's so if very, if you if you don't let someone look at the causes, and he's going to blame his biology, or he's going to think, oh, this guy's just trying to say it's a part, it's my fault. Kind of like with with like the Israelites, okay. when when you're saying like, okay, okay the, it's, so Brian, what? Brian, let's stop this. You have a right to your opinion about mm -hmm. that. You might be right. So don't try to convince me. Because, because, you know, like when you're talking about like the Israelites and they're leaving Egypt and stuff, you're saying like, yeah, all they had to do is just, you know, inquire and stuff and maybe, you know, let go of the ego and stuff like that. And, you know, maybe, maybe so, I don't know, but, but that story, I don't know if it was even historical, but it's like, was, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like. Like, I'm just trying to think, like, you know, in terms of, like, okay, there's no such thing as black people and white people. In a way, though, there is. Because if people look at a black person and they and they see that he looks different, even if it is a social construction, and he's, you know, and he's playing basketball, quote-unquote, better, even if it's not just because of environment, let's say. You know, or, or, you know, like, certain types of things. And I feel like, I feel like even, like, black and white might not be as much of a social construction. It is one a social construction in a sense, but it might not be as much of a social construction as mentally, mental illness. Like sane and insane, that might be even less. That might even be less biological, because in like sane and insane, there might actually it really might not be that biological. There might not be really a chemical basis. There's no evidence. But like, I feel like with with like you know black people or even like you saying like okay Jews just let go of your thing. Like if you look at a Jewish person, you could tell this guy's Jewish, quote unquote. Like you can tell. There is like biological components. So, is it so? Is it so easy? Is it so easy? Is it so easy? Is it so easy to let go of the like, you know, you say, okay, well, you just let's go of his identity and stuff. But even if someone does let go of his identity, let's say a black person like does, he doesn't no longer believe himself as black or something. He's still going to face the effects of people who believe that he looks different and he's different. And, and they're still treating him poorly. And, and growing up in a society where people are treating you poorly, then you, then I feel like that, that, that that's a cause of you acting out and then you making rap music that's that's you know against morality and you know anger and stuff you know and, and I don't know if he can really help that even if he does let go of the notion that he's quote unquote black and stuff because he's he's getting that it, feedback being put down and stuff and having and ha you know when people look at you a certain way like any thoughts So I mean, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not believing that. I'm asking you. I'm asking questions. 
telling you, I don't think it's re it's helpful. I'm telling you. But is there a biological like, you know, is it is like if you think about totally. it, yeah, totally, totally. That's a very powerful cause. And I would say, like, you know, you're saying like that the people should just, you know, they should talk normal. Like, there is no right way to talk. That's a social. That is a social construction. Ebonics is just as valid of a language. If anything, the white people should start learning ebonics, and because that's what's going to happen. Language evolves toward the the lower classes ways. That's why Middle English or Old English is not no longer spoken anymore because it evolved to what it is now. Because it, language changes and it's always guided by the lower class. So if anything, the upper class should be following the lower class's way of speaking. Because that's what's going to happen in a, in a hundred years. People are going to be speaking like that. But my point though is, like you know, you're saying like, how, how do we know? That it shouldn't be the other way around, like you know, quote unquote, black people conforming to to the to the quote unquote, you know, right way of speaking and, and right way of behaving. How do we know it shouldn't be the opposite way, where white people are acting, you know, acting more black, quote unquote? Because you remember you were saying that like the that that one, I forget if it was like Bill Russell or something. He was having his kids talk. You know, how do we know it shouldn't shouldn't be the opposite way? Dr. J. Dr. J or whatever. How no, do we know it shouldn't be the opposite way? That was just his way of fathering. I know, but what I'm saying, how, how, why not the opposite way, though? How come the, the white parents aren't having their kids act more black? Quote, unquote. I don't know. They can do that if they want. Because I don't know which one is better. That's true. I, I don't know that either one is better. I think they're different. Maybe one's like Vishnu orientation, one Shiva orientation, or something. I don't know, but you know. There's always been pigeon. There's always been pigeon. You know what pigeon is? That's Hawaiian. That's a Hawaiian thing. But ebonics is the black way of speaking. It's no, 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 no. It's not a Hawaiian. There's a Hawaiian pigeon, and there's a there's a, uh, a French pigeon. All all cultures have the pigeon, and that is. The language devolves to the lower. That's what pigeon is. It doesn't devolve. That's the wrong way to say it. It evolves. Okay, so it evolves. Because they, they, you know, they did studies about it, and the way that the that the language changes is it changes to a more easy way of saying things. Yeah, that that's that's pigeonizing it. And that's natural. That's why we speak the way we speak now, as opposed to the old English way, because the old English way evolved to now people don't say oh it evolved you know yeah you're right any thoughts there no alright you, you want to do the essentials of prayer but yeah but I'm just I, you know, I'm just trying to wrap my head around because I don't know I'm just trying to figure it out because I just feel like it's it's so important to have compassion for people's causes and listen, totally. you know. Totally, totally. It's never, it's never helpful to put down the causes and blame them. Never helpful. See when when Horace stuck his tongue out at my buddy, 
He wasn't putting him down. Four work. And it doesn't. Well, Torrid knew about the uh, what, what the guy was talking about yesterday that you didn't know about that holographic principle. You know, when I read his thing, he talked about the holographic principle, but you never knew about that until I showed you yesterday, Lee Schmolin's thing. The holographic principle? Sure. How come you never brought it up then? Well, I never had any occasion to discuss it. And that doesn't? No. Part of the essentials of prayer. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox, L-I-B-R-I-V-O-X dot Actually, you know what? I kind of want to do a, a different book right now. Hold on one second. I conclude these brief remarks upon the author of the aesthetic, confident that those who give time and attention to its study is called aesthetic as science of expression and general linguistic will be grateful for having placed in their hands this pearl of great price from the diadem of the it's called aesthetic as science of expression and general linguistic by uh, by Benedetto Crochet. Crochet means cross. Antique Parthenope. I, I have no idea it's about aesthetics. It's about art. Yeah. The Athenaeum, Paul Mall. What about it? This is what this book's about. It's talking about art. He's going to talk about intuition and stuff, you know? May 19th. That's why I want, want, I'm wondering what you're, you're going to think about it. He's going to give a definition of in, intuition and stuff. I'm, I'm curious what you think about it, right? No, nine. End of introduction. Recording by Lisa Reichert. Aesthetic as Science of Expression and General Linguistic. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Lisa Reichert. Aesthetic as Science of Expression and General Linguistic by Benedetto Croce. Translated by Douglas Ainsley, 1865-1948. Chapter 1. Intuition and Expression. Intuitive knowledge. Human knowledge has two forms. It is either intuitive knowledge or logical knowledge. Knowledge obtained through the imagination or knowledge obtained through the intellect. Knowledge of the individual or knowledge of the universal. Of individual things or of the relations between them. It is, in fact, productive either of images or of concepts. In ordinary life, constant appeal is made to intuitive knowledge. It is said to be impossible to give expression to certain truths, that they are not demonstrable by syllogisms, that they must be learnt intuitively. Any thoughts? Yeah, yeah, that's very clear. That's, I've, I've always understood that. The politician finds fault. So what does that mean, any thoughts? It just means that, that you can become aware of something before you put it into intellectual language. Mm. See, it's like Einstein. Einstein had an image of things before he put it into equations. He just was aware of the reality of something and 
and he didn't put it into even into thoughts. Well, I, he did put it into thoughts, but his primary thing was to put it into um, mathematical equations. That was his way of of intellectualizing his intuition. Yeah, that's okay. With the abstract reasoner, who is without a lively knowledge of actual conditions. The pedagogue insists upon the necessity of developing the intuitive faculty in the pupil before everything else. The critic, in judging a work of art, makes it a point of honor to set aside theory and abstractions, and to judge it by direct intuition. The practical man professes to live rather by intuition than by reason. But this ample acknowledgement... society yeah see that's what that whole movie was about yeah. what was it about just intuition just this very thing putting putting your awareness into intuitive awareness how do you do that well just just like I said Einstein I used that as an example see there's no there's no formula for doing that Einstein was able to image imagine something to to become aware of something have an appreciation of something an intuition and and before he put it into language either verbal language or mathematical language. That's what a poet does. That's what a painter does. It's what Walter Russell as a as a as a sculpture. He said if you if you see if you see the eyes uh, from the surface, you can't you can't sculpture uh, meaningful eyes in your in your sculpture. You have to see that the eye is not a, a ball it's an opening and it's that intuition that he then put into his sculptures yeah I was thinking too like you know you know how like the, there's a stereotype like hey, black, they, the stereotype is black people are better at basketball or whatever right so if you're a black person wouldn't you want to utilize that stereotype and not like think oh I'm not black or I'm not white like wouldn't you want to when you're playing basketball utilize that and like think of your hair or think of the way you look and, and think of playing better that way, if that's going to help you play better, or would it be better if you did just transcend that? Maybe it would be better if you did transcend it. Any thoughts? Uh, are you thinking of that in terms of intuition? No, I was just... Are you I, changing the subject? Or I, it's, it, it, don't think about changing the subject. There's no subject. It's just, I was just asking that question. Well, <laughs> I, I've told you this many times. Yeah, yeah. It's hard for me, mm -hmm. it's hard for me to shift... From yeah. one back to another. Well, I mean, I lose my train of thought. Yeah. Well, I was I was just curious about that. What do you think about that? Well, I don't know. Like, like if 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 you're you know if you're Asian and they say okay Asians are better at math even if it's not true but if if you can utilize that stereotype to do better would you use it? would it be better to use it or would it be better to just transcend any of the identities like any thoughts? No, it'd be it'd be good to use it to. to see it as a, as a strength, a unique strength. 
even if it's not true. Even if it's, yeah, placebo effects have a but, profound effect. Yeah, so but then that's not the flow though, right? That's that's still then that's still the ego, and you're that's, not gonna or is it? I don't know. Any thoughts? Okay, that help you get in no, the flow. It's not yet. Yeah, it can help you. Yeah, it doesn't. See, it's a med- it's a meditative discipline, mm. and that can help you prepare you to get caught up in the flow. And that doesn't. Granted to intuitive knowledge in ordinary life does not meet with an equal and adequate acknowledgement in the field of theory and of philosophy. There exists a very ancient science of intellective knowledge admitted by all without discussion, namely logic. But a science of intuitive knowledge is timidly and with difficulty admitted by but a few. Logical knowledge has appropriated the lion's share, and if she does not quite slay and devour her companion, yet yields to her with difficulty the humble little place of maidservant or doorkeeper. What it says <coughs> is intuitive knowledge without the light of intellective knowledge. It is a servant without a master, and though a master find a servant useful, the master is a necessity to the servant, since he enables him to gain his livelihood. Intuition is blind. Intellect lends her eyes. Its independence in respect to intellective knowledge. Now the first point to be firmly fixed in the mind is that intuitive knowledge has no need of a master, nor to lean it's, upon anyone. It's fading out. And it doesn't? Yeah, it was fading out. But see, see, uh, that's what new math, apparently. I, I had no exposure to new math, but I, I read about it and tried to understand it. But see, that's what new math. See, when I went to school as an elementary student, I just memorized yeah. 9 plus 3 is 11. Uh, 9 times 3 is 27. I memorized that. And so that was purely an intellectual discipline. But the new math, as I understand it, I don't know. I've never been exposed to it. Is tried to help you to intuitively understand Yeah, it doesn't. Did you have new math when you were? No, nah, not really. No, I, not really. But I know what they're doing now. Yeah, the intuitive understanding, which they didn't do it when I was in grade school either. But it doesn't. No. She does not need to borrow the eyes of others, for she has most excellent eyes of her own. Doubtless, it is possible to find concepts mingled with intuitions, but in many other intuitions, there is no trace of such a mixture which proves that it is not necessary. The impression of a moonlight scene by a painter, the outline of a country drawn by a cartographer, a musical motif tender or energetic, the words of a sighing lyric, or those with which we ask, command, and lament in ordinary life, may well all be intuitive facts without a shadow of intellective relation. But think what one may of these instances, and admitting further that one may maintain that the greater part of the intuitions of civilized man are impregnated with concepts, there yet remains to be observed something more important and more conclusive. Those concepts which are found mingled and fused with the intuitions are no longer concepts insofar as they are really mingled and fused, for they have lost all independence and autonomy. They have been concepts, but they have now become simple elements of intuition. The philosophical maxims placed in the mouth of a personage of tragedy or of comedy perform there the function not of concepts 
but of characteristics of such personage. In the same way... It does. about how do you develop it that's what she's saying there's a way of putting it into an intuitive insight I've never I've never experienced that but the, apparently it's what she's saying can you give an example of that like I don't understand what you're saying what I don't, I don't either it's the red in a painted figure does not there represent the red color of the physicists but is a characteristic element of the portrait the whole it is that determines the quality of the parts. A work of art may be full it's of philosophical concepts. It's like, it's, just, it's like you, you have this, what do you call it, kinesthesia? Synesthesia. Yeah. 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 See, so when I see red, I see red. When you see red, you, you have some kind of an intuitive response to its deeper meaning. Yeah, well, no, it's just when I when I see the number one, I see the number one is white. When I see the number two, I see the number two is yellow. When I see the number three, I see the number three is green. Like, I, in my mind's eye, I see a three that is green. When I see the number four, it's red. That's what I understand to be an intuitive awareness. Any other thoughts on I think that's what this book is saying. Any other thoughts on it may contain them in greater abundance, and they may be there even more profound than in a philosophical dissertation, which in its turn may be rich to overflowing with descriptions and intuitions. But notwithstanding all these concepts it may contain, the result of the work of art is an intuition. And notwithstanding all those intuitions, the result of the philosophical it's dissertation... It's breaking up. All right, it's ...is a concept... Yeah. The Promessi Sposi contains copious ethical observations and distinctions, but it does not for that reason lose in its total effect its character of simple story, of intuition. In like manner, the anecdotes and satirical effusions which may be found in the works of a philosopher like Schopenhauer do not remove from those works their character of intellective treatises. The difference between a scientific work and a work of art, that is, between an intellective fact and an intuitive fact, lies in the result in the diverse effect aimed at by their respective authors. This it is that determines and rules over the several parts of each. Intuition and perception. It does? No. It's a good di distinction. What was the distinction you made? Well, that you can, you can intellectually describe the facts about something or you can you can have an intuitive awareness like you have of, of uh, colors and numbers. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I like the idea of making connections. Like, you know, she was saying, like, okay, the number red for physics, it, you know, is, uh, it, you know, in the quant maybe in the in the gluon color, it means something completely different than the color red in a painting. But I, I like to see the connections. And then I want to make a connection where maybe you can make in your painting the color red and somehow relate it to the gluon red. And make all these like diverse unifications. That's what I like, and and, and I think that that's what's so profound is that that's the way that reality kind of works, and especially the quadrant orientation where things that are completely different are not. They're actually all linked to this oneness, and it does.
Oh yeah, that's an intuitive awareness. Yeah, that's it. And like I had the intuitive awareness that the that the universe could speak to me through numbers, where I would see the number six 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 on a on a license plate, and I would know, okay, I should not go this way. And it, and it's not just oh that's crazy. It was that I had a dream right before that that told me don't go there, and then I saw the number six 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 on my way there. You know stuff like that, where I, and and I and you go oh that's crazy, but not really. We're it, 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 the dream within a dream. Any thoughts? Yeah. Could be. I just have not had that has not been a part of my awareness. But, but could my independence of intuition. Yeah, well, I mean, I I think that that if if you're open to that, that if you can really understand the connections of reality, then you 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 would be receptive to that as a possibility, not just a possibility, but as a likelihood. Any thoughts? Yeah. Regards concept. You can't see what not... you're not expecting to see. But you know, in, in that, in regards to that, I would say you can see what you're not expecting to see too. Even if you're not expecting to see it, I bet that the universe could still show you it. You know. But any thoughts there? Yeah. Yeah. If it wants to. to want to see it. Even if... even if you don't want to see it, I think it could still show it to you. You know, so some some things you you can't help but like. If a spaceship were to come right now, even if you didn't want to see it, you're going to see it. You know, I, I, they say like that the Native Americans couldn't see the ships coming because they, they weren't expecting it. But there is things that, you know, I can imagine. Even if you're not expecting it, you can still see it. But any thoughts of that? No. Suffice to give a true and precise idea of intuition. Another error arises among those who recognize this or who... Certainly what you're expecting affects what you see. Like, I mean, like, the, the, the Native Americans thought that the Spanish on the on their horses were, you know, half man, half beast. Because they never really... But, so, but still, eventually they're going to look at it and they're going to see the man jump off and they're going to put two, two, two plus two together and say, Oh, that's just a guy on a beast. You know, any thoughts? Yeah. At any rate do not make intuition explicitly dependent upon the intellect. This error obscures and confounds the real nature of intuition. By intuition is frequently understood the perception or knowledge of actual reality, the apprehension of something as real. Certainly, perception is intuition. The perception of the room in which I am writing, of the ink bottle and paper that are before me, of the pen I am using, of the objects that I touch and make use of as instruments of my person, which, if it right, therefore exists, these are all intuitions. But the image that is now passing through my brain, of a me writing in another room in another town, with different paper, pen, and ink, is also an intuition. This means that the distinction between reality and non-reality is extraneous, secondary, to the true nature of intuition. Hey, thus. No. What do you think about that perception intuition? Any thoughts? Mm, no, no particular thoughts. If we assume the existence of a human mind which should have intuitions for the first time, it would seem that it could have intuitions of effective reality only. That is to say, that it could have perceptions of nothing but the real. But if the knowledge of reality be based upon the distinction between real images and unreal images, and if this distinction does not originally exist, these intuitions would in truth not be intuitions either of the real 
or of the unreal, but pure intuitions. Where all is real, nothing is real. The child, with its difficulty of distinguishing true from false, history from fable, which are all one to childhood, can furnish us with a sort of very vague and only remotely approximate idea of this ingenuous state. Intuition is the indifferentiated unity of the perception of the real and of the simple image of the possible. In our intuitions, we do... It doesn't? No. Yeah, well, I guess, yeah, I guess what she's saying is, is that perceptions, it's not, perception is not just sensation. There's also an intuitive aspect where your expectations are going to affect it, you know, in a way. Right, thoughts? So that's the intuitive aspect of it. Maybe. That's what she's saying. Yeah, that's what I understand. These... Not oppose ourselves to external reality as empirical beings, but we simply objectify our impressions. Whatever. Hey, thoughts? No. I was going to ask, though, what, what do you think about the, the notion that women like flowers? Like, why is that? Right, thoughts? Because, you know, people say that, the, like, a flower looks like a vagina, maybe. Maybe there's, like, a connection there. But, like, you know, in a genetic Darwinian perspective, it'd be like, okay, they like maybe they don't like flowers. I heard another thing that, they, that if you give a woman a flower, she's not going to like it. Because it's showing that you're trying too hard or whatever. What do you think about that, Anthos? Was the... Liam, my thoughts are that how and whether or not she does like it depends upon her her way of seeing the world yeah but i mean at the same time like in seeing uh, the giver yeah like like you know yeah it probably depends on your mode of giving it to her and stuff like okay i'm giving this to you do you want to go to bed with me or you know but then also like in a genetic darwinian perspective it'd be like oh you went out of your way to, to find this beautiful thing for me okay that shows that you care you know and it can cement the bonds and stuff i don't know but like i heard i hear different things like some people say don't do it some people say do it like all these rules like I don't know. It's like, it makes things so confusing. Any thoughts? Well, you see, it's like Mother's Day. In my counseling practice, I often had that had, had an, uh, a conversation with a, a mother who said, Mother's Day is the worst day of the year for most mothers. And they are for me because I'm taken for granted or even abused or neglected or whatever. 364 days and then everybody tries to make up for it on Mother's Day. See, see, so flowers have no meaning in that setting, but if you're the kind of a person that's always appreciating your mother, then uh, flowers are just another way of, of uh, affirming what had been the, your, your mode of being. But I think it's kind of an interesting idea that like women like flowers maybe because they're like softer and stuff, but guys are just tough, so... Like, oh, that's too sissy to like flowers, you know. Oh, look at the beautiful thing. Oh, no, that's that, you know, like, I guess for like the woman, it's the idea of like they should be like all all sensitive and in light and in this world and in nature and stuff. But the guy's more like, whatever, let's step on the flower and just kill each other and try to get the girls, you know. Any thoughts? Yeah, well, again, that's an expression of their mode of being, mode of see seeing and being. So I, that's my thought about that. But you know, but the idea is like that that's generalizing men and women too, right? Yep. But it's just it's just curious phenomena. You know, I'm just like I'm just curious, like to study that. Alright, are any of those? No. 
Like, I guess, like, flower would be, like, a work of art. Kind of like, what would you say? Like, God's painting or something? Like, God's artwork or what? Any thoughts? Or nature's artwork? Or... Yeah, no doubt about it. See here, our, our rhododendron are now coming out. And they're just, they're, they're stupendous. They're just, they're just a total work of art. It's just amazing. No. Whatever they may be. Intuition and the concepts of space and time. Those, therefore, who look upon intuition as sensation formed and arranged simply according to the categories of space and time would seem to approximate more nearly to the truth. Space and time, they say, are the forms of intuition. To have intuitions is to place in space and in temporal sequence. Intuitive activity would then consist in this double and concurrent function of spatiality and temporality. But for these two categories must be repeated what was said of intellectual distinctions, found mingled with intuitions. We have intuitions without space and without time. A tint of sky and a tint of sentiment. An ah of pain and an effort of will. Objectified in consciousness. These are intuitions which we possess, and with their making, space and time have nothing to do. In some intuitions, spatiality may be found without temporality, in others, this without that. And even where both are found, they are perceived by posterior reflection. They can be fused with the intuition in like manner, with all its other elements. That is, they are in it material eater and not formal eater, as ingredients and not as essentials. Who, without a similar act of interruptive reflection, is conscious of temporal sequence while listening to a story or a piece of music? That which intuition reveals in a work of art is not space and time, but character. In it does? No. Individual physiognomy. Several attempts may be noted in modern philosophy, which confirm the view here exposed. Space and time, far from being very simple and primitive functions, are shown to be intellectual constructions of great complexity. And further, even in some of those who do not altogether deny to space and time the quality of forming or of categories and functions, one may observe the attempt to unify and to understand them in a different manner from that generally maintained in respect of these categories. Some reduce intuition to the unique category of spatiality, maintaining that time also can only be conceived in terms of space. Others abandon the three dimensions of space as not philosophically necessary and conceive the function of spatiality as void of every particular spatial determination. But what could such a spatial function be that should control even time? May it not be a residuum of criticisms and of negations from which arises merely the necessity to posit a generic intuitive activity? It does. Yeah, this whole thing about space and time, you see, I keep trying to relate it to, to physics, saying there is no such thing as space, space and time, there's only space-time. So I, 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 I'm not getting any clarity there. I'm understanding it because, you know, space is, uh, there's space, time, matter, and energy. Space is the first quadrant, and sensation and perception are the first, are, sensation, perception, and response awareness are the first quadrant. Belief, faith, behavior, belonging is time. 
in the first quadrant is faith. Belief, faith, behavior, lying is time. And belief and faith and behavior, behavior is very time-oriented. It's pattern-oriented. It's based off routines. But sensation, perception, response, awareness, that's more space-oriented if you think about it. Like you perceive things in space. But if you think about thinking, emotion, doing, dreaming, that's more matter-oriented. But then you think of contemplation, passion, flowing, knowing, that's more energy. Any thoughts? That doesn't make sense to me, but it could be true. And is not this last truly determined when one unique function is attributed to it, not spatializing nor temporalizing, but characterizing? Or better, when this is conceived as itself a category or function, which gives knowledge of things in their concretion and individuality? Intuition and Sensation Having thus freed intuitive knowledge from any suggestion of intellectualism and from every posterior and external adjunct, we must now make clear and determine its limits from another side and from a different kind of invasion and confusion. On the other side, and before the inferior boundary, is sensation, formless matter, which the spirit can never apprehend in itself, insofar as it is mere matter. This it can only possess with form and inform, but postulates its concept as precisely a limit. Matter, in its abstraction, is mechanism, passivity. It is what the spirit of man experiences, but does not produce. Without it, no human knowledge and activity is possible, but mere matter produces animality. Whatever is brutal and impulsive in man, not the spiritual dominion, which is humanity. How often do we strive to understand clearly what is passing within us? It does. I was thinking, like, what do you think about, like, the idea of the magnetic... Huh? What were you saying? Well, I didn't say anything. I well, didn't say anything. It sounded like some, someone, like, broke into the recording. Like, almost like maybe someone hijacked or maybe, like, uh, what's it called? Like, uh, phone tapped or thing or something. Do you hear something? Or... Anyways... Like, uh, like, no. what do you think the idea like magnetic field? Like, you know, there's magnetic fields. That's kind of interesting concept. Like electromagnetism. Oh, there's electric, and there's also magnetic field. Like, any thoughts of that? Yeah. Well, that's what quantum mechanics says. Space is made of electromagnetic wave, a field, and make electromagnetic waves. Well, what do you think is it? What is it? What is the metaphor of that? What does that mean? And also, like. What about the idea of like North Pole, North Poles and South Poles of the magnet and how they stick together but not the opposite way around and there's no electro there's no magnetic monopoles where it's just like North or just like South. There's always one side North, one side South. It's kind of weird. Like any thoughts that? We do. No. I mean, like, why does reality do that? Is a question, you know. And I, I was thinking that you know the gravity. I was thinking that the the gravity doesn't have the South part, but I was thinking that maybe gravity. When it's there's like a north side and a south side, but the south side is when time goes backwards, and maybe that's a parallel universe of time going backwards. So there's our universe with time going forwards. So there's a parallel time going backwards. Any thoughts? Well, that may Magical. be an intuition that you have. Glimpse of something, but this does not appear to the mind as objectified and formed. In such moments, it is that we best perceive the profound difference between matter and form. These are not two acts of ours, face to face with one another, but we assault and carry off the one that is outside us, while that within us 
matter, attacked and conquered by form, gives place to concrete form. It is the matter, the content, that differentiates one of our intuitions from another. It does. Maybe think of like my rap music where, you know, when I was in the flow completely, like just letting the sounds guide it, the form was better and the content was better, but the form and the content went hand in hand. Like it, it, I would let the sound carry it, which would create a great form, but then the content was even better if I did that. Somehow they were connected. Any thoughts? Yeah, well, it, it sounds very clearly like that was a, a in a, a, a result of intuition. Yeah, and it, it, and it wasn't even like me trying to do it. Like, and, and it didn't make sense when I was writing it, and maybe it didn't even make sense. But there was some sort of sense meaning in it that was almost divine coming through from an other realm. Almost, any thoughts? Yeah, that's what intuition is. Form is constant. It is spiritual activity, while matter is changeable. Without matter, however, our spiritual activity would not leave its abstraction to become concrete and real. This or that spiritual content. This or that definite intuition. It is a curious fact, characteristic of our times, that this very form, this very activity of the spirit, which is essentially ourselves, is so easily ignored or denied. Some confound the spiritual activity of man with the metaphorical and mythological activity of so-called nature, which is mechanism and has no resemblance to human activity, save when we imagine with Aesop that labores locuntur non tantum fere. Some even affirm that they have never observed in themselves this miraculous activity, as though there were no difference, or only one of quantity, between sweating and thinking, feeling cold and the energy of the will. Others, certainly with greater reason, desire to unify activity and mechanism in a more general concept, though admitting that they are specifically distinct. Let us, however, refrain for the moment from examining if such a unification be possible, and in what sense, but admitting that the attempt may be made, it is clear that to unify two concepts in a third implies a difference between the two first, and here it is, this difference, that is of importance, and we set it in relief. Intuition and association. It does. Intuition and what? Association. Intuition has often been confounded with simple sensation, but since this confusion is too shocking to good sense, it has more frequently been attenuated or concealed with a phraseology which seems to wish to confuse and to distinguish them at the same time. Thus it has been asserted that intuition is sensation, but not so much simple sensation as association of sensations. The equivoque arises precisely from the word association. Association is understood either as memory, mnemonic association, conscious recollection, and in that case is evident the absurdity of wishing to join together in memory elements which are not intuified, distinguished, possessed in some way by the spirit, and produced by consciousness, or it is understood as association of unconscious elements. In this case, we remain in the world of sensation and of nature. Further, if with certain associationists we speak of an association which is neither memory nor flux of sensations, but is a productive association, formative, constructive, distinguishing, then we admit the thing itself and deny only its name. In truth, productive association is no longer association in the sense of the sensualists, but synthesis, that is to say, spiritual activity. Synthesis may be called association, 
but with the concept of productivity is already posited, the distinction between passivity and activity, between sensation and intuition. Intuition and representation. Other psychology. Any thoughts? No. Yeah, like, you know, sensation, that's what I was talking about. Sensation, perception, response, awareness, and that's the first quadrant, which is in kind of intuitive quadrant, you know? But, uh, well, I was going to say, though, too, like, what, what do you think, Grandpa, about the idea of, you know, when Solomon cut the baby in half? Or said, you know, cut the baby in half. What was the meaning of that one? Of that story? Well, that, that you could tell which one was more concerned about the baby mm. and which one was more concerned about winning. Mm. But, you know, was that genetic Darwinism? Because, you know, one would be more concerned because it's her genes or... I guess I guess it wouldn't even matter which one. Maybe maybe if it was the one who, who who it was her real baby and she didn't care if it was cut in half, it still doesn't matter. Still, he should give it to the one who cared more about the baby's life. Like any thoughts? Yep, that's my understanding of that riddle. Just are disposed to distinguish from sensation something which is sensation no longer, but is not yet intellective concept, the representation or image. What is the difference between their representation or image and our intuitive knowledge? The greatest and none at all. Representation, too, is a very equivocal word. If by representation be understood something detached and standing out from the psychic base of the sensations, then representation is intuition. If, on the other hand, it be conceived as a complex sensation, a return is made to simple sensation, which does not change its quality according to its richness or poverty, operating alike in a rudimentary or in a developed organism full of traces of past sensations. Nor is the equivoque remedied by defining representation as a psychic product of secondary order in relation to sensation, which should occupy the first place. What does secondary order mean here? Does it mean a qualitative, a formal difference? If so, we agree. Representation is elaboration of sensation. It is intuition. Or does it mean greater complexity and complication, a quantitative material difference? In that case, intuition would be again confused with simple sensation. Intuition and expression. Any thoughts? And yet there is a sure method of distinguishing true intuition, true representation, from that which is inferior to it. The spiritual fact from the mechanical, passive, natural fact. Every true intuition or representation is also expression. That which does not objectify itself in expression is not intuition or representation, but sensation and naturality. The spirit does not obtain intuitions, Otherwise, then by making, forming, expressing. He who separates intuition from expression never succeeds in reuniting them. Intuitive activity possesses intuitions to the extent that it expresses them. Should this expression seem at first paradoxical, that is chiefly because, as a general rule, a too restricted meaning is given to the word expression. It is generally thought of as restricted to verbal expression. It does. But there exist also nonverbal expressions, such as those of line, color, and sound. To all of these must be extended our affirmation. The intuition and expression together of a painter are pictorial. Those of a poet are verbal. But be it pictorial or verbal or musical or whatever else it be called, 
to no intuition can expression be wanting, because it is an inseparable part of intuition. How can we possess a true intuition of a geometrical figure unless we possess so accurate an image of it as to be able to trace it immediately upon paper or on a slate? How can we have an intuition of the contour of a region, for example, of the island of Sicily, if we are not able to draw it as it is in all its meanderings? Everyone can experience the internal illumination which follows upon his success in formulating to himself his impressions and sentiments, but only so far as he is able to formulate them. Sentiments or impressions, then, pass by means of words from the obscure region of the soul into the clarity of the contemplative spirit. In this cognitive process, it is impossible to distinguish intuition from expression. Right, does. I was going to ask, though, too, you, have you heard of chemtrails, Grandpa? Chemtrails? Mm, chemtrails. These people who are conspiracy theorists, they think that the planes are, like, dropping down chemicals in these trails that they leave that are trying to, like, depopulate the earth. Oh, or... yeah. what, what do you think is the significance yeah, yeah, of that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It does. Significance of believing that? Yeah. I, I see it simply as just another example of of conspiracy thinking. I guess it's kind of like being worried and stuff. But, you know, people might have like a, a valid reason to kind of be worried about the government. It's possible that, you know, that there's people who, who want who want to depopulate and stuff. Any thoughts of that? Well, of course. Of course. That, that, I'm sh I think that's obvious that that kind of thing exists. But like being worried about it might not help. But like, is there any like metaphor, like higher aspiration you could think of of being worried about chemtrails and stuff? Well, the, we live in a world that's beyond our our uh, total comprehension and control. Mm. Being aware of that. Yeah, does it? And and celebrating the majesty and mystery and magical quality of life. The one is produced with the other at the same instant, because they are not two, but one. Illusions as to their difference. The principal reason which makes our theme appear paradoxical, as we maintain it, is the illusion or prejudice that we possess a more complete intuition of reality than we really do. One often hears people say that they have in their minds many important thoughts, but that they are not able to express them. In truth, if they really had them, they would have coined them into beautiful ringing words and thus expressed them. If these thoughts seem to vanish or to become scarce and poor in the act of expressing them, either they did not exist or they really were scarce and poor. People think that all of us ordinary men imagine and have intuitions of countries, figures and scenes like painters, of bodies like sculptors, save that painters and sculptors know how to paint and how to sculpture those images, while we possess them only within our souls. They believe that anyone could have imagined a Madonna of Raphael, but that Raphael was Raphael owing to his technical ability in putting the Madonna upon the canvas. Nothing can be more false than this view. The world of which, as a rule, we have intuitions is a small thing. It can... It does. Yeah, well, that goes along with what Walter Russell s says. What, what? You don't have to 
you don't have to have um, uh, mastered the skills if you're if you're in touch with the reality of the universe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know about that, but that's what he said. Yeah, well, I mean, like when I was shooting when I was younger, like that that was something a skill that I didn't master. It was something that I was in touch with. You know that that you could only hurt by trying to master. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's like you. Most of the time, you don't want to learn anything. You want to unlearn things. You know what I mean? And like my left-handed stuff, I do stuff with my left hand. My muscle memory is good because my right hand got destroyed by a shoot away. But I shoot with my left hand, and my muscle memory is really good. So sometimes I try to get my right hand shooting better, like I shoot with my left hand, by by seeing how I shoot with my left hand, and then trying to mimic it with my right hand. You know? Because my right hand already got screwed up. But any thoughts? No. Consists of little expressions, which gradually become greater and more ample with the increasing spiritual concentration of certain moments. These are the sort of words which we speak within ourselves, the judgments that we tacitly express. Here is a man. Here is a horse. This is heavy. This is hard. This pleases me, etc. It is a medley of light and color which could not pictorially attain to any more sincere expression than a haphazard splash of colors, from among which, with with difficulty, stand out a few special, distinctive traits. This and nothing else is what we possess in our ordinary life. This is the basis of our ordinary action. It is the index of a book. The labels tied to things take the place of the things themselves. This index and labels, which are themselves expressions, suffice for our small needs and small actions. From time to time, we pass from the index to the book, from the label to the thing, or from the slight to the greater intuitions, and from these to the greatest and most lofty. This passage is sometimes far from being easy. It has been observed by those who have best studied the psychology of artists that when, after having given a rapid glance at anyone, they attempt to obtain a true intuition of him in order, for example, to paint his portrait, then this ordinary vision, that seems so precise, so lively, reveals itself as little better than nothing. What remains is found to be at the most some superficial trait, which would not even suffice for a caricature. The person to be painted stands before the artist like a world to discover. Michelangelo said, Hey, Doss. One paints not with one's hands, but with one's brain. Leonardo shocked the prior of the convent della Grazia by standing for days together opposite the Last Supper without touching it with the brush. He remarked of this attitude, that men of the most lofty genius, when they are doing the least work, are then the most active, seeking invention with their minds. The painter is a painter, because he sees what others only feel or catch a glimpse of, but do not see. We think we see a smile, but in reality we have only a vague impression of it. We do not perceive all the characteristic traits from which it results, as the painter perceives them after his internal meditations which thus enable him to fix them on the canvas. Even in the case of our intimate friend, who is with us every day and at all hours, we do not possess intuitively more than, at the most, certain traits of his physiognomy, which enable us to distinguish him from others. The illusion is less easy as regards musical expression, because it would seem strange to everyone to say that the composer had added or attached notes to the motive, which is already in the mind of him who is not the composer. As if Beethoven's Ninth Symphony. It does. No. 
were not his own intuition. I just keep thinking about I... the movie Dead Poet Society. Yeah, that's what the toast say. Symphony. No. Thus, just as he who is deceived as to his material wealth is confuted by arithmetic, which states its exact amount, so is he confuted who nourishes delusions as to the wealth of his own thoughts and images. He is brought back to reality when he is obliged to cross the bridge of asses of expression. We say to the former, count. To the latter, speak, here is a pencil, draw, express yourself. We have each of us, as a matter of fact, a little of the poet, of the sculptor, of the musician, of the painter, of the prose writer. But how little, as compared with those who are so-called, precisely because of the lofty degree in which they possess the most universal dispositions and energies of human nature, how little does a painter possess of the intuitions of a poet? How little does one painter possess those of another painter? Nevertheless, that little is all our actual patrimony of intuitions or representations. Beyond these are only impressions, sensations, feelings, impulses, emotions, or whatever else one may term what is outside the spirit, not assimilated by man, postulated for the convenience of exposition, but effectively inexistent, if existence is also a spiritual fact. Identity of intuition and expression. We may then add this to the verbal variants. No. Descriptive of intuition noted at the beginning. Intuitive knowledge is expressive knowledge, independent and autonomous in respect to intellectual function, indifferent to discriminations posterior and empirical to reality. Do you think this is a good book? Yeah, it's very, very. Insightful. And that's about enough for tonight. I'm also going to ask a quick, quick question, though, too. Yeah, have you ever noticed some of the Filipinos are very, like, conservative Christians? No, I never noticed that. Some, some of them are, but, I mean, obviously there's some groups in every in every group, but you'll find it a lot. And I was, I was curious, but, you know, some, some of them are Muslim, too. But I was thinking, do you think that maybe that's because they're in the Middle East and, and there's, like, the Muslim presence there and they have they feel kind of like – in danger, kind of like maybe like why some like Jews are very conservative, religious because they're like feel like there's a threat, you know, or even like some Indians get very like religious and fundamentalist and stuff because they feel like there's a threat of Muslims, and maybe it's like a they, they want to preserve themselves so they become like very ultra conservative or, or do, any thoughts? Well, I would tend to think of it in terms of the water in which they've been. Floating their boats as they grew up, because because I mean you want to you want to respect their desire to be autonomous and to maintain their sovereignty as like a, a separate people, but at the same time, would it be better if they weren't like conserv? I mean, they're, so the part of their conservative religious orientation might be an aspect of that, but do you think that a part of it also would be like it it'd be better if they if they transcended that and and became more you know, less nationalistic in 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 terms of like fundamentalist and more like looking at people as individuals. And allowing Muslims to come through, and, and maybe just like maybe if everybody just you know dissolved the borders, and you could still respect people's autonomy as, as separate ethnicities and stuff. But why does anybody have to have a particular land? Like maybe everybody should just move around like nomads. Any thoughts? Well, and this goes back to what we've talked about many times that. We all have our strengths and weaknesses, and and we don't need to to hide them, but neither do we need to deny them. 
but celebrate them and allow them to be. Yeah, so I guess I guess you could you could you know have respect national boundaries and not be a conservative fundamentalist. You know what I mean? That probably right. doesn't help. You know. Right. And, and you, okay. You, later. All right. All right. Thank you.